in a world besieged by sequels and spin-offs. In a world overwhelmed by intellectual property. In a time when DVRs can't keep up. So much content. So much confusion. So much to watch. So little time. But two heroes have united to show you the way. They will help you complete your viewing odyssey. Two men. Two super boomers. Two old farts. Not coming to a theater near you. everyone and welcome to episode three of two old farts talk sci-fi i am david clink and i am troy hurricane i want to say that uh i am super appreciative of uh, uh robert j sawyer who joined us on episode two uh talking planet of the apes and if you have not heard that episode yet well stick stick it out listen to this one but then go back and listen to episode two uh with robert j sawyer man oh man that guy knows his poda like like nobody else so i highly encourage that um so we're going to be doing a preview show today right dave yeah a a current and preview we're going to look at what's out there now and what's may have just started just in the last last year or so um and we will look to the future both in tv and in movies but i think troy you mentioned that you may also mention a couple things with maybe some comic books and graphic novels or books and such yeah we'll, we'll get those in for sure and i just wanted to say up front as a bit of a disclaimer that if i come off uh slightly more idiotic than i usually do that uh in full disclosure i'm suffering from covid head or the uh um, just getting over a bit of a rough ride with the uh, my vaccine, but I I encourage everybody to go get their vaccine. That is in no way uh, meant to discourage you. And yeah, if you're wondering if you're listening to this in the year, oh, let's say 2089, um, this was being recorded deep uh, amid lockdown, the COVID lockdown, and well, hopefully towards the tail end of it. Um, and as a result of uh, this past year, we've had very little opportunity to be in the theater, uh, movie theaters, or any sort of theater with other people. David, what do you miss most about uh, going out to the movies these days? Well, part of it is the movies and going out. But um, yeah, it's 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 not great because I also like going to the theater and just doing a lot of things outside. It's just such a strange, you know, it's almost like we're in some sort of a science fiction future that has arrived one of these dystopian or one of these uh, just unusual it's like um outbreak or whatever that other film that was on last year that was so contagion or whatever that that everyone was watching and just how right in some cases they got the science to say yes everyone was wearing masks and everyone was trying to do this and 100 years ago that with the spanish flu and with that the pandemic that happened then it's amazing how history uh, sort of repeats itself but it just seems you know when you see the streets and there aren't as many people around um it almost feels like you're omega man you know uh as much as i love going to the movie theater for the whole experience of the large screen and the amazing sound systems um i have to say that in general uh I'm not a fan of crowds. So that part of the the movie going experience, I don't miss. I don't miss having, um, say, somebody, (laughs) a little kid kicking the back of my seat or uh, somebody, uh, you know, texting in front of me with their screen uh, shining in my face or uh, 
people uh, with their running commentaries behind me. I don't miss that part of, of movie going. I really miss theater popcorn. Um, I do not miss theater popcorn prices, but I really miss having the, uh, the, you know, the large bag of popcorn with butter. Oh, that's just, it's too good. And in fact, I've often said that in, in sort of the various forms that I imagine the perfect afterlife to be sitting in a movie theater is, is one of the things that I love, especially in the middle of the summer. And when you go into a, a nicely air conditioned movie theater, to me, that's, that's just perfect. Um, so we're doing previews today, and that also made me think of, uh, of movie trailers. And I was wondering, you know, David, are there trailers that you saw when you were younger that, you know, you saw it for the first time and you thought, oh, this film's going to be amazing. And sometimes they are. They, sometimes they do live up to uh, the hype of the trailer. And sometimes they are a total letdown. Um, do you have any that come to mind that uh, either, you know, were, it was a great trailer and it was a great film, as well as a great trailer and a god-awful film? That's a good question. Um, and I can't think of anything just off the top of my head right now. Um, every so often, the things I hate about trailers, it's the same thing we were talking about at the uh, Planet of the Apes uh, um uh, episode you know our, our season uh, our season one episode two two with the robert j sawyer where we just went into the whole apes thing and they had the actual ending scene right on the cover of the um dvds and the blu-rays and you think why are they doing that some of the things that i i hate most about some trailers is that after watching the trailer, you think, you know, if I change the order of certain things, I basically have seen the entire film. And the worst thing is if it's a comedy yes. where it's not that funny, you realize they have taken out the five best funny or two best funny moments in that film. And the rest of it is not any good. Right. Right. And, you know, sometimes you can have uh, something ruined as well, like basically a spoiler, uh, and I'm thinking particularly of the recent um, remake of Pet Cemetery, uh, and supposedly the directors were there were two directors on the film. They were quite upset that the producers insisted on um, spoiling a moment that they hoped would be a surprise for the audience. Um, which was, and here's a spoiler, which was they, there are two children in Pet Cemetery in the book and in the original, it's the youngest child who is killed uh, on the road by uh, uh, an 18-wheeler and they make it the uh, the older child, the daughter, Ellie. Um, and uh, yeah, like that, I mean, that's one of the few things in a way that the film had going for it and it was spoiled in the trailer, uh, which I'm sure probably uh, turned a lot of people away from the film. Um, I watched recently the uh, Howard the Duck trailer, um, which I think came out in 86. It was a George Lucas film. Um, and they smartly did not show Howard in, in the trailer. They really teased it very well where you wanted to see what the duck looked like. Um, and essentially, um, the, the, the lawyers over at Disney forced uh, Marvel and the production company to change the look of Howard from the comics because they thought it looked too much like Donald Duck. Now, of course, uh, nowadays, Disney owns Howard the Duck, Marvel and all of its properties, and they probably could do it justice. But that was probably my biggest letdown. Uh, David, before the movie came out, I remember writing on my wall calendar a countdown to the days until Howard the Duck came out. And then my disappointment, you know, when the credits rolled at the end of that film, it was, it was devastating and uh, maybe not quite as bad, but do you remember when you first saw the trailer for Phantom Menace uh, episode one of Star Wars? I remember people cheering in the theater to that trailer. Um, and then of course, you know, the film comes out and I mean, it's not Howard the Duck. Um, and then it's funny that I think of it in that both those films being George Lucas properties. 
Um, but um, <laughs> it just uh, it it just was not what people were hoping for, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of it can be disappointing. Certainly with Howard the Duck, it was like what I went to see that I think in the theater with a lot of expectation and hope. Now they didn't have the abilities that they had like with Lord of the Rings when it comes to the ability to what they can do with CGI and with with making characters look look real that are not um Howard the Duck himself and the character I that didn't that didn't floor me or didn't that wasn't the thing that was the problem it just became mm. very weak and then they had this one main evil character in it that just basically was just sort of one one-sided and was just not good and yeah it's been a while since i've seen it but it just one hopes because in guardians of the galaxy the very end there's a little teaser kind of thing or this is a little thing and you see howard the duck there and you think wow this is so cool they can actually do a proper version of him and bring him out in the next movie or his own movie or whatever that hasn't happened yet um, but it was quite the the taste to see that maybe they can do a proper thing on on Howard the Duck. But anyways, before we get too far uh, afield, um, one of the things that we are looking at is not just a preview, but also what is currently on. I've always liked those kinds of things where you're talking to someone and say, "Oh, by the way, have you seen this on Netflix or have you seen this on Amazon Prime?" and and what's currently out, and you can find out from people that say, "Hey, oh, I love this or I don't like that," and so on. And what? Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, conversely, uh, in terms of uh, a trailer that I saw it wasn't a trailer but a commercial that i saw when i was a kid and it was better than i thought it would be was the original star wars i remember watching channel 29 out of buffalo um the uh, independent uh, station um and uh it was like saturdays they kept playing it for some reason in the middle of the afternoon on saturdays maybe they figured they knew kids were watching then i don't know what but um it struck me on first seeing the trailer that, oh, this is just the Wizard of Oz in outer space. Um, you know, I, I saw Princess Leia as uh, as Dorothy. C-3PO was the Tin Man. Chewbacca was the Cowardly Lion. Um, and I guess that would have made Darth Vader uh, the wizard, or the, not the wizard, the, uh, the Wicked Witch. Um, but that's sort of the impression I immediately got from, from seeing uh, the commercials for the original Star Wars film. And then uh, I, ha- I had a friend who had seen it. He says, no, it's great. It's great. You've got to go. And of course, like everybody fell in love with the, uh, the original trilogy. Um, but that was a, a, a case of being uh, pleasantly surprised for sure. Mm. Uh, it's kind of neat what they do sometimes because with uh, listening to the Galacti- Galacticast, the Battlestar Galactica podcast or webcast, I guess, um, one of the things that they mentioned and one of the things that we always got confused about was the whole thing about the Cylons and they have a plan. And from listening to them and some background, it almost sounded like someone had come up with some kind of uh, a teaser thing, like at the end of an episode or whatever it was, just to say, hey, what's coming next week? And as part of that, whoever did that, produced that, said, oh, and the, the, the Cylons are are um, here and they have a plant. And then I don't know if even the producers or other people thought, okay, what, what are you saying here? Because, you know, after watching it for a number of seasons, it didn't seem that they really did have one. Right. Um, so you're sort of stuck with, with having to backfill because someone's thrown uh, something in. But anyways, uh, one thing... Um, I was thinking to get some of your impression from stuff that's currently out versus what's upcoming when it comes to TV shows. I went on to a ranker.com and looked to their list of current sci-fi TV shows. You know how everyone likes to rank things, you know, just sort of like who would win in a fight versus Superman versus Batman or who would be on the top or what's the greatest film of all time. Is it Casablanca? 
versus Citizen Kane, you know, those kinds of things right. and you debate about things. So what, what Ranker has done is it's taken what is currently, so we're not talking about Star Trek, the classic series or anything like that. We're talking about stuff that's very recent or currently out. And from their list of all the people, you know, ranking it and them putting together the ranking, they list Stranger Things as the number one current sci-fi tv show and and i've only seen the first episode of it and uh, I've, I've watched so much stuff that it, that i just watched the first and alex and i were planning on continuing to watch it now from what i understand from you you've seen all three seasons um well i love season one you know season one i thought was incredible um it uh it checked off all the boxes for me it was um you know this perfect uh, melding of uh, of all things '80s and genre of the '80s, specifically the the two Stephen Stephen King and Steven Spielberg. Um, great casting, great writing, great effects. Um, season two, I felt like it had um, dropped off a bit, but I want to say I want to sort of uh, put the I guess caveat out there that. For me, it could have been that I was so eager for season two that I binged it in one day. Um, so, you know, maybe I should have chewed my food and I do intend on going back and doing a rewatch of season two in a, in a you know, more broken down way and giving it a better uh chance because season three i i loved and i i uh i did watch that slower um and i love what they did with uh steve's character i love the fact that that this character that starts off in season one is as one of the antagonists uh basically the the main bullying antagonist uh who you know comes around um is in season three uh, going through the whole season dressed in uh, the shorts and sailor outfit of a, uh, I believe it's an ice cream um, concession at the local mall. <laughs> and, and he's, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a very funny image seeing this character run around with these shorts and his little sailor top on. Um, really looking forward to season four and where that's going. Um, and I guess we're going to at least start off with a lot of it set in Russia by the looks of it as, um, uh, oh my gosh, I have forgotten the name of our, uh, uh, the policeman in the show, but he, he ends up in, uh, uh, in, in Russia at the end of the, at the beginning of season four. I think Stranger Things is one of the most, like season four is one of the most anticipated things uh, that'll be uh, coming out. I think it's supposed to be later this year. Now, uh, number two on the list is Westworld. And for me, um, I watched the entire first season and I was really impressed. Um, But it was one of those things where I didn't binge watch, like I did watch it you know, the, the whole season, of course. But I remember not remembering exactly where I had left off. So what I did was I thought I had already finished six of the episodes so I or, or something. So I started watching episode seven. And then partway through, I realized, no, I've already seen this episode. It's one of those things where there's a lot of repetition and it sort of starts similarly. And it's sort of like the Westworld movie with Yul Brynner, where you've got various people and they're going through and they're going to the, 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 the Western town and there's similar things happening. And it's got that repetitive nature, nature like Russian doll. Uh, Westworld, that first season was excellent. So I highly recommend it. It's being listed as number two on the list is absolutely, I think that's valid. Um, there's, I believe there's already been a second season. Um, I have not watched the second season, so I have that to look forward to. Um, and number three, and maybe I'll just do the, the first five or so uh, from this list and then we can cherry pick or pick stuff. They have Black Mirror as three, The Expanse is four, and The Mandalorian is five. And with those, Black Mirror, I've only seen the first episode, The Expanse, which is considered one of the best 
current, if not all time science fiction shows. I saw, I think about the first half of the first season and the Mandalorian, the first episode. Now for any of those, Troy, have you seen uh, any of those shows? Yeah. Well, let me, let me back up just a little bit too. Uh, I also was a huge fan of uh, West Wing, particularly West Wing. I am a fan of West Wing and Aaron Sorkin, but that's not what we're here to talk about. West world. Um, and Ed Harris is just incredible uh, in in mm-hmm. that show. Actually, pretty much everybody on screen is great. And uh, is it Evan Rachel Ward uh, in in yeah. uh, Westworld? She also is incredible. Just great performances. Um, and and like um, Black Mirror, it gives you so much to think about. You know, um, I, I felt like uh, it's it's. It was one of the uh, high marks of this new uh, renaissance in television um, because it was allowing you to think <laughs> and sort of demanding that you think something that, you know, uh, in previous uh, decades, television was not inviting you to think. It was inviting you to sort of shut shut your brain down. Um, so uh, just a great series. now. I was let down a little bit with uh, season two, and I'm curious to see where it will go from here. Um, Black Mirror, yeah, again, like like uh, Westworld, um, very thought provoking, and it is certainly not afraid to go to dark places. Um, yes, nothing is quite as disturbing, I suppose, as that first episode of the original series um, prior to Netflix picking it up, because I believe that's how it went. Uh, the original uh, first couple of episodes were shot independently as a British show, and then Netflix picked it up. Um, and um it's but it's 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 all good and it's all like you know so often it leaves you um, unsettled. Um, there's the the one that sticks with me is uh, the episode with um, uh, the the young teenager who uh, he's uh, taking liberties, I guess, on the internet when he's alone and surfing some porn sites. And um, basically, he immediately is entrapped into um, doing some, uh, I guess, dark deeds. Um, And it's something that he's not able to get out of. The more he does, the more he's asked to do. Um, And it just felt like, oh, God, this could really happen. And that's, that's what I love about the series. So much of it. Uh, even though it's technically science fiction, like great Twilight Zone episodes, it it feels like, um, yeah, we're not that far away from this. This could actually happen. Um, and of course, they had they also produced the hmm. uh, stand standalone episode uh, Bandersnatch. Uh, have you seen that one, David? Bandersnatch. No, I have not. It's basically a build your own adventure. Um, uh, series where, you know, with your remote, you're able to click on what the character should do. And so there's various uh, versions of the narrative that can unfold, uh, which was brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, so I look, look forward to a lot more um, dark mirror, oh, sorry, black mirror. And um yeah, although that's definitely a show that I don't think it's good for anybody's mental health to binge. <laughs> you want to take those uh, mm-hmm. uh, one, at a, one at a time and then maybe listen to some ABBA immediately afterwards. Yeah, and then the other ones were, uh, and just about um, uh, Westworld, I think it is Evan Rachel Wood mm. instead of Ward. Right. And there's Jeffrey Wright, who is always great. Um, and when you talk about, as you said, Ed Harris, also Anthony Hopkins, um, it's great in that too. So I look forward to seeing the second season and then seeing if we have a similar ideas on it. Cause you, you mentioned that it may not be as strong as the first, but I will definitely have to see it at some point. Now the expanse and the Mandalorian, um, those ones I've only seen bits of, and I don't know if you have any comments on that or if we should go to the next, uh, group. 
Yeah, the the expanse I haven't actually caught. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Mandalorian. I did see all of, uh, I guess, season one. Okay, and for the next ones, because I know that you have got that uh, the next five of the, what they consider their top ten, you um, might be able to talk a bit about the Young Justice. Titans is listed as number eleven. Young Justice listed as the sixth best current thing. So, anything you want to say to the to our listeners about Young Justice and Titans? Uh, well, I'm I'm a huge uh, Teen Titans fan, in, in any form. Uh, you know, grew up reading the comic, and uh, then I uh, spent a number of years with my kids in their younger years watching the uh, Teen Titans Go uh, animated series. Um, so I sort of indoctrinated them as well. And um, my daughter was the one who mentioned Young Justice, who brought me to Young Justice, and um, we watched. Uh, a number of those, and I was really impressed with uh, everything with the the voicing. The uh, oh, that's the animated series, by the way, Young Justice. Um, uh, yeah, mm. so with the, with the voicing, with the animation, with the scripts, uh, all top notch. Um, and I guess Titans, I want to say, has has come out since Young Justice, um, and they also do a, a good job on adapting these characters and. Uh, making them feel, uh, if not real, um, say perhaps more real than some of the, um, the shows that are ongoing in, in the Arrowverse. Um, uh, so I would highly recommend both of them. If you're, you know, a fan of, um, the franchise of the Teen Titans characters, um, or of uh, superhero teams. Yeah, I I look forward to uh, uh, taking a look. Um, they've got Lost in Space as number seven on the on the rankings, and I look forward to it because I always liked the original series, especially that original pilot, not the the pilot that actually started the series. They had an earlier pilot that was all played straight up. There was no robot. I don't think there was the uh, main sort of evil or, or adversary character. And it was just played like if that was what the series was going to be, it would have been quite amazing other than of course, the loss of the robot because um, it was played straight up, but the lost in space was then done more recently. And I did watch the first couple episodes and I thought it was very good. I just didn't continue watching it. Um, I don't know if you've had any chance to be able to see any of this, reimagining of lost in space i'm pretty much exactly uh, as you are on that count david i saw the first uh, few episodes i uh enjoyed it but i guess i did not feel compelled to go on um one thing that they've got um as number eight i don't know if you've watched this show because i think it's one of the most underrated shows and was as good if not better than star trek discovery was the orville uh, which is more of a humor, you know, there's a lot of humor in it, but it was also played straight up in points and it always had a lot of heart and always had a message. So I don't know if you have watched or, or care for the Orville or not. I've just sort of breezed by it. Um, I like uh, what, uh, you know, Seth MacFarlane has done, especially uh, in live action. He did that uh, Western a few years ago that again, really surprised me because of its heart. I thought it was going to be a lot of uh, uh, fart humor and dick jokes perhaps, but uh, I, I guess it was, but it also had heart. So that's a good thing. Mm. Now they've got, and the agents of shield has been around for a very long time. Um, and I did follow it very care like like every episode and i might you know every so often i think i was on an agents of shield um panel at a convention to talk about it but eventually i stopped watching it but that was one of those shows that's listed fairly highly on this list um, well you know my my favorite uh marvel adaptations for the small screen so far have been um uh the netflix series uh, especially daredevil um, which I, I don't believe is coming back, but uh, I loved the portrayal, uh, found it very gritty and true to the era of Daredevil that would have been created by Frank Miller. Um, mm. 
and uh, as well, what is what's the show that, um, that? Yes, yeah, it's too bad it's not on our list because this is like it must have just been off recently because this is current and future ones. But I totally agree with you. Like Daredevil, that first I didn't watch the second season, the first season, you know, the, the first it starts so strong, and then every episode after that was even better than the previous. They had this one fight in the first third or fourth episode, whatever it was in a corridor in some like hotel or something rather, or some building where it's just a corridor with various doors. And there's this choreographed fight with Daredevil fighting all these people who are coming out of doors and doing this and that, that goes on for what feels like 10 minutes. And it was some of the most brilliant action I've, I've seen. And what's the series with, uh, with Kristen Ritter. I can't, uh, I can't. Uh, I always want to call it Jennifer Jones. I don't think that's the actual name, though. Um, well, then what, what's it? Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yes, Jessica Jones. I also quite liked. Um, that's one that you know. Uh, I could easily just sit there and and watch episode after episode, which is, I guess, what Netflix kind of wants. But um, yeah, that series as well. Um, I quite liked. And yeah, yeah, that of- one I could only watch the first episode. Yeah, I watched only the first episode. And then I found that the the what it was talking about and the subject matter. Now I know it's sort of like you know these kinds of things that that are a bit hard hitting. Like for example, the hills have eyes with that terrible scene in that film. But you know that they're going to get the comeuppance and that they're going to make the people that did all the the wrong things pay. And that's sort of part of the reason why you want to continue to watch. You want to see them. You want to see Joffrey get his, thing, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, definitely Jessica Jones. I did watch the first episode. Um, I thought it was very good. But based on the things that were happening to her, I found it a bit hard to watch. To to just go to quickly for, uh, and we'll do this real quick because we do want to get to movies, but there are some most anticipated new sci-fi and fantasy TV shows that are upcoming. And the top couple foundation is number one on their list. And the second one is the Lord of the Rings. And these ones, other than things like Loki and the Book of Boba Fett and some of these other ones, Resident Alien isn't upcoming. That's currently out. And that's one that I highly recommend also. They have got Green Lantern will be uh, uh, coming out. Something called Star Trek Prodigy, which I'm not sure quite what that is. But there are a few upcoming things currently. And one of the things I should have mentioned, and I think you're a huge Stephen King fan, is I have watched the first episode of The Stand. That's the series that has Whoopi Goldberg in it. And both Alex and I loved it. And we want to continue watching it. There's also Watchmen, which we didn't mention, which I only saw, I think, the first episode of that's already finished. And I'm not sure if it's coming back. But those are a couple of things that we should have should uh, mention. Um any comments before we move on to film? Well, I just finished the, uh, the stands uh, yesterday. Um, I'm my opinion may be colored by some of the uh, criticisms I'd heard of it prior to watching. Um, you know, there was a lot of ex- expectations around this mini series. If you're a King fan, sort of the two most beloved properties for constant readers is uh, The Stand and The Dark Tower. Um, And people have been waiting for both for a long time. The Mick Garris miniseries of The Stand was the early 90s. It may have even been 1990. So it's been a long time waiting for a new version of it. And I mean, that that miniseries from uh, the early 90s uh, was quite good in terms of its performances and considering that it was for um, a public broadcaster or the, uh, you know, one of the main networks um, in the 1990s and considering you're dealing with a, a pretty bloody story, um, they got away with what they could get away with. And, and the CGI in that series was limited to both the budgets of network television and um, the, the uh, standards of network television. Um, but this, the new series, uh, the, for me, its biggest failure really was that they decided to tell the story in a nonlinear fashion. And by doing that, there basically was a lot of spoiling that went on 
uh, from the get-go. If, if you're, uh, if you're not familiar with the novel, um, and I, in fact, I can't even really imagine watching it if I didn't know the overall story because they jump around so much. Um, but uh, the performances were good. That's one of the things people quite liked about it. Great acting in it. Um, uh, the budget was there. Um, it just seemed like there was a lack of passion for the project. Uh, episode one was quite good. It, 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 uh, it, it'll, it'll grab you, but you'll have to let me know what you think as you move on. Um, episode, I believe it is eight or is it nine? Whatever the final episode was, was written by King. Um, and it was quite good. So it's bookended by great episodes. Well, not great episodes, but very good episodes. And I would say everything else in between is kind of mediocre, unfortunately. Okay, so David, I have a, a list here of some upcoming horror series uh, for the small screen. Uh, Midnight Mass uh, will be on Netflix. It's a series created by Mike Flanagan. And from what I understand, Flanagan will, will be... Uh, directing every episode and i believe writing every episode um the seven episode series follows an isolated island community experiencing miraculous events and and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic and mysterious young priest uh, Henry Thomas of E.T. stars in the series, and he's worked with Flanagan on many productions, including a great portrayal as Lloyd the Bartender in Flanagan's shining sequel, Dr. Sleep. Um, and Flanagan always has a great cast, so uh, I'm looking look, looking forward to this for sure. Creepshow Season 3 will be back. Uh, that's Greg Nicotero is in charge of that one, and it's on Shudder. Uh, Season one, I've, I just finished that one. Uh, it really blew me away. Uh, it basically is exactly in the mode of the original anthology film by George Romero and Stephen King. Um, and nicely grotesque with a lot of um, practical effects uh, that look great. Um, Army of the Dead will be up on Netflix. Uh, that's written and directed by Zack Snyder. It looks like Ocean's Eleven meets Zombieland. Uh, Lock and Key, uh, it'll be on Netflix as well. It's signed for two more seasons. Uh, it's an adaptation of Joe Hill's graphic novel. Um, you mentioned Green Lantern. It looks like Justice League Dark will uh, also be on HBO Max, which I'm really excited about. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, that series. It's sort of a, a spinoff of uh, the Justice League where all of the supernatural characters make up the team. So there's Constantine, um, Deadman, Zatanna. Uh, originally in the comics, Swamp Thing was there, uh, Phantom Stranger. Uh, it's it's a perfect mix if you're a, a sort of a, a comics fan and a horror fan. So Castle Rock will not be back. Uh, it was affected by COVID. They would have done a third season. Um, but J.J. Abrams and the Bad Robot folks are doing a Shining series entitled Overlook. Uh, that'll be on HBO Max, and I believe that is looking at basically a prequel to The Shining. And uh, that's what I have for uh, upcoming horror on the small screen, David. Oh, thanks a lot. And then um, what we've got is for when it comes to sci-fi movies, um, uh, I've got a list of like everyone that's coming out. So some of the things to look for, I think you already mentioned the Venom. Um, Dune is going to be um, uh, big and starting to look forward. That they're going to have another Matrix film, um, a Ghostbusters film. Um, uh, let's see what else is coming up. Uh, Black Widow, The Suicide Squad, um, The Eternals. Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is looks like March of 2022. Uh, Black Panther 2. Uh, some of these may be affected uh, by COVID, of course, and uh, with Black, Black Panther, of course, losing the main um, uh, actor. Um, and 
There should be a Flash movie, a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. There's something called the $6 billion man, which might possibly be down the road. Some of these are so far down the road that they're sort of just got the, the beginnings of it and it's all everything's to be announced. Sometimes they might have so, some of the people behind it, uh, uh, production, some of it, they might have a few of the actors, but they it's basically just something that they said they're going to do, but they haven't started filming yet. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, I don't know, but there's even talk about another blob, the blob uh, being done, um, which might be interesting. That's a, the blob is almost worth just just doing as an episode. Uh, um, I don't know if you have anything on your list of. I mean, certainly Doctor Strange yeah. and the Multiverse of Madness does sound great. Oh, what is that this year? Some of your list. Is Doctor Strange this year? That's supposed to be next year. That's supposed okay. to be 2022, March 25th to 2022. But you never know if things will be will change. Another Alien Covenant film down the road. Yeah, the uh, the horror films that caught my eye uh, that are coming up are uh, A Quiet Place, which I guess has been ready to go for a while now. That's A Quiet Place too. Um, that is... Uh, scheduled for i guess almost well we're recording uh in in late april right now actually it's may may 28th and that stars emily blunt also written and directed by her husband john krasinski um conjuring the devil made me do it comes out june 4th that's based on an ed and lorraine warren case like the original uh conjuring the forever purge comes out july 5th it's going to be the final purge film from Bloomhouse. Um, I had a note here, um, David, that writer director James DeMonico's inspiration for the purge was the star Trek episode, the return of the archons season one, episode 21 of the original series, uh, which I'll have to go back and revisit that one. Um, the green Knight. I'm actually really intrigued by this. It opens uh, July 30th. It's written and directed by David Lowry starring Dev Patel. Um, it's basically the story of Sir uh, Gawain and the green Knight. Uh, Don't breathe Two is being released on August 13th. This one looks really good. Candyman. It's uh, a sequel to the 1992 classic produced by Jordan Peele. It's directed by Nia DaCosta and based on the original Clive Barker story. It looks amazing. Uh, say his name five times in a mirror and he will appear and he'll kill you. Uh, Nighthouse <laughs> is coming out July 16th. It's a psychological horror film starring Rebecca Hill. That's what I have for upcoming horror films. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, it looks like a lot of uh, of uh, films and TV to look forward to. It's, it's just, and certainly uh, apologies to the audience, there's just no way to keep up with everything. So there are some people out there that probably think, why have we not watched every episode of whatever series? But you, uh, I also watch a lot of uh, TV and movies that are not genre as well. Plus there's a lot of reading and writing and, and I guess maybe arithmetic. I'm not sure. You know, I said there'd be no math, um, but uh, any final comments? Cause we just basically have hit our, our time limit. I mean, other than for me, Dune is the big, uh, is the big thing for me. And that's, I think Denis Villeneuve who has done a lot of, you know, done a lot of great work. And you hope that if someone can, do this right that maybe he can do that for sure for sure and uh yeah there's a lot of good stu good stuff to look forward to uh being uh the huge uh stephen king fan that i am yeah probably lisey's story because that's a novel that uh i quite like um and it's sort of flown under the radar for years i just hope they can do it uh justice but juliana moore and Clive Owen are the leads in that. So uh, that's out June 4th. Uh, I have high hopes for that one. So did you want to wrap up with our uh, our toots, David? Let's do it. All righty. So uh, we'll throw back and forth here. And David and I will give sort of a, a quick uh, little uh, review, uh, giving... Um, However many uh, toots out of five we think uh, each of these 
projects deserve. Summer films, summer TV. So, David, for you, your first is debris. Yeah, and I would give it. You said it's out of five, right? Right. Um, so, so I would give it five because it's just. It, 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 if you think about some of the best science fiction out there that moves you emotionally, like recently I watched again, the movie arrival, which I think is based on a Ted Chiang short story. And it's such a powerful, emotional, wonderful piece. And every episode I've seen so far of debris, I've seen the first four or five, I think, and I'm just a couple behind in the PVR, but each one has such emotional power and just moves me that, Definitely, I would give it a five out of five. Excellent. And so do you have one for me? Uh, Troy, give me your uh, toots for Haunting of Bly Manor. Haunting of Bly Manor, I got to go with uh, four uh, juicy toots for that one. Um, uh, Amazing uh, Flanagan series that followed up uh, the haunting of uh, uh, Hill House. yeah, really good stuff. Uh, it's a bit of a slow burn. It's not uh, jump scares galore. It's psychological, but go for it if you like your horror smart. Very good. Uh, David, Resident Alien. Um, I would, sorry about always going with five toots on these things because i should probably have four three two or one you can but, go point five uh, if resident you like. alien okay i'll give a 4.5 then um yeah so resident alien is definitely a must watch uh series and both alexa and i and alexa it does like her genre uh stuff but not at the level that i do like i'm more genre nuts you know, like i just love genre but she loves it. Like it's just something that someone who is not a huge genre fan can, will also enjoy. So I will give it 4.5. So for you, Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. That's, I'm going with one here, one out of five. And I will not, uh, I will not bash it too much other than to say uh, as the movie goes on, it gets dumber and dumber. Um, I had uh, high expectations based on uh, the original film, which was so good. Uh, And then this thing uh, just devolves into uh, like a Joel Schumacher Batman film from the 1990s. That's it. Oh, no. And you got one for me? I do, I do. Well, uh, we uh, we covered this in our discussion, but let's see how many uh, toots you give to Westworld. Uh, I would give it five toots. And for you, we'll get, get these done real quick. WandaVision, what, how many toots uh, for you, I'm sir? I'm going to say four to five. It was nice to have something that felt so original, um, especially in the superhero genre. And to have, uh, once again, I know I say, I've said it a lot today, but a lot of great performances. David, Star Trek Picard. Um, I would, it's a minimum four. I can't keep giving everything 4.5 or 5, but it's definitely a minimum 4. It was very strong, very good, and definitely worth seeing. Um, so for you, sir, how about Godzilla versus King Kong? I Now, despite having said that Wonder Woman 84 was as dumb as a bag of hammers, um, I, I will say with Godzilla 84, I'm giving it 3, uh, maybe even 3.5 out of 5. Um, there was no expectation here. Um, Unlike Wonder Woman, uh, it's a roller coaster ride of fun. It's basically, you know, wrestling uh, on the big screen with monsters. Um, and if you go for that alone, it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. Okay, okay. where are we at for you, David? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw your way a Russian doll. Yeah, Russian doll is a, again one of those really good four 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 point five five kind of things definitely worth seeing what's neat is we should be recording very soon the uh, a uh, special podcast on the prisoner series from 1968 or so 
that was the one that started Patrick McGowan. That was 17 episodes. I think we're going to have a, a guest, Mark Asquith, with us uh, talking about that. And I'm certainly looking forward to it. What's neat with Russian Doll is it just feels like that last episode felt like one of the episodes, like the final episode of The Prisoner. It sort of had an homage or a nod to it, maybe, or maybe I'm just losing it. But it felt like it because it just had that very odd and that very surreal and just had all sorts of things going on that just really made me think that it was a nod to it. So definitely I would give it a 4.5, if not a 5. It's it's a great uh, series, especially if you like the rep repetitive thing like Groundhog Day. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of films like that. Now for you, sir, how about The Outsider? The Outsider, I would have to go with uh, 4.5 toots. Um, although I guess we can technically say farts. Farts is in the, the title of our show. Um, and it's the internet after all. But yeah, definitely 4.5 farts. An incredible adaptation of the King uh, novel. Uh, it's great. We get to see a second version of Holly Gibney, who also appears on the series Mr. Mercedes. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's an HBO show. Go watch it. It's a great, great series. There may be a second uh, series uh, season coming up. Um, but yeah, definitely check out The Outsider. David, Pacific Rim. Now, actually, it's not Pacific Rim, right? This is a sequel. Uh, Pacific Rim, what is it called? Uh, was it Uprising or? Up something. Whatever the sequel was. There was the original Pacific Rim, which we all love. Uh, the sequel, I didn't care for. So I would give it probably two uh, juicy farts. Excellent. Uh, and then for you, my, the final the final one I have for you is The Stand, which we talked about earlier, but you hadn't rated it yet. So how many juicy farts do you give The Stand? Numerically, I give it two uh, in our fart storm. And that's that's uh, that's it for our uh, our two ratings, our first ever two ratings. Wow, it's almost like the the pull my finger segment of the uh, of our podcast. But um, uh, Troy has been great talking about current and upcoming films and TV, and uh, I'm not sure if we quite got into the graphic novels or novels and stuff. But it was great talking about these kinds of things and giving some ratings and yeah, at least making some recommendations to, you know, our listeners that maybe they already know about this stuff. But if not, at least they've got our sense of what's uh, great out there. Uh, any final comments? I think there's a lot of great stuff to be uh, watching in the near future. So uh, enjoy yourselves. Uh, choose wisely. Yep. Okay. And this was Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi. I'm David Klink. And I'm Troy Harkin. Yep. And see you next time. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm.